Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Dolly Parton song. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Do you know why I'm excited today, Mark? Because your wife is our special guest on this show? That's that's right. the correct answer, by the way. If it's any other answer, you're in trouble. No, that is why I'm excited. Jennifer Marie Kelly, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm Hi, so Jen. Hi, Mark. <laughs> it's so good to have you on the show. It's so good to be on the show. I'm... Thank you all so much for having me. It's a delight to have you. It's nice to talk to you. I know that you get confused frequently for Carter Parton Rogers, who is a Mm -hmm. musician who opens for us every once in a while when we do our live shows, who is very, very earnest and very talented. But I would dare say that as far as doppelgangers go, you are the far more talented and charming and delightful person. Oh, wow. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. What a wonderful, (laughs) sweet thing for you to say. What? Tell us your story with you and Dolly. Tell us your history with Dolly Parton. You're a Southerner. Yeah. I am. I did. I did grow up in the South. And just, I think Dolly Parton was probably the very first country star that I ever knew about and definitely grew up loving, loving, loving her songs. And, you know, we would travel to Georgia and the Carolinas with my grandparents and go to different festivals and fun events. And, even though I didn't get to see Dolly in person, her music would always be playing at fiddle festivals, uh, the music that the cloggers were clogging to. So just, <laughs> I love cloggers. I do too. As I was telling Hal recently, it's one of my favorite things from when I was little. Like I loved it, loved it, loved it so much. And now I take clogging lessons as an adult. Where are you taking clogging lessons? And do you practice at home? I'm working on figuring out a way to practice at home without bothering neighbors. But because <laughs> <laughs> clogging, uh, for those who don't know what clogging is and why it might be, uh, let's say a little problematic for neighbors. What exactly is clogging? Well, it's tap. It, imagine tap shoes, but the taps are double taps. So on the toe and on the heel. There's a double tap that rocks back and forth and taps on itself. So it makes four times the noise. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you thought tap dancing was loud, imagine if the shoes could also clap at the same time. (laughs) And that it's, it's, yeah, it sounds like a cross between tap dancing and playing spoons. Yes. Yeah. It's like you have spoons (laughs) on your feet. It, (laughs) it's amazing and joyful and the most fun ever. Google clogging. And you're going to fall in love. <laughs> I grew up going to, because I was in Kids Unlimited, which was our local kids uh, mm-hmm. show choir. And so I grew up going to these shows and competitions and uh, fairs and things where we would play. And we would be frequently paired with the local clogging group. And Aww. boy, were they fun. They were fun. They were mm-hmm. loud. They. Mm-hmm. Uh, what songs do you like to clog to? Do you have particular favorites? Oh, that's a really, well, nine to five. Really? You do it to Yeah, nine you to can five. really get around the room on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rhythm-driven song. Yeah. Let me just it is. Expl- yeah. let me explain getting around the room to everyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> just heard myself say that. In clogging, there's a lot of movement and a lot of circular movement. So when you dance, there's a lot of back and forth patterns and around the room mm. patterns and in circles and squares, a lot of movement around the room. So it's like the choreography of like a high school marching band, like you're moving around and in, into formations a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is like that as a, that's a really good question. I'm trying to. Why am I stumped? I'm not sure why I'm stumped. I didn't mean on that. to stump you. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> look, as long as you quiz. can get around, as long as you got songs that you can get around the room with. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. it's so much fun. And they're like you mentioned of the groups you've clogged with before. They're just so much fun. And there is a huge clogging community out here in California. That is wild. Mm-hmm. Folk music, clogging. There's, I met the group that I clogged with uh, at the Topanga Folk and Fiddle Festival. I think that's uh, oh, maybe that ago, right? Yeah. years ago, years ago. I loved it. I'm assuming it was in Topanga Canyon mm-hmm. where all the yeah. cool hippies are. At the Paramount Ranch, uh, which sadly, like a couple years after the one where I met the clogging group, a lot of the ranch burned except for like one building and the church. We know back where they used to film a bunch of movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're currently working on rebuilding the ranch. And I think they had the festival again there this year, but it was mostly, there weren't a lot of buildings to have it in. So it's just out in a big field now, but yeah. it was, it's very special. I love just that. People clogging on sheets of Tyvek, <laughs> just like whatever's <laughs> around, you get around the field. It's, it's interesting. You both have a, a much closer relationship to Dolly Parton specifically yeah. than I do. Cause I grew up in Philadelphia I didn't grow up a fan of country music, probably more the opposite, because that was just sort of like, I like rock and roll country. But really, since I met Jennifer, I came to appreciate country music more. And specifically, in meeting Carter Parton Rogers, I sort of dove more headfirst into Dolly's discography and like her, like just the number of things that she's good at just seem unfair. Like she's a good actor. She's contributed so much to the great american songbook yeah she plays a million different instruments she can sing and she has an absolutely prolific writer yes over 130 chart singles of her own not just Mm -hmm. ones that she'd written but that's ones that she wrote and performed Mm -hmm. and then also she has a million others that she's written for emmy lou harris and for a bunch of artists back in the 70s i didn't mean to cut you off though Hal. you were saying wonderful things about dolly parton which i'm happy to do for a full hour yeah, she's just an incredible human being who, you know, and they did that Dolly Parton's America limited podcast, which is well worth a listen because it, mm-hmm. it shows that no matter who you are, no matter what your ideology is, people who are diametrically opposed to one another in a million different ways can at least agree that they love Dolly Parton. Yeah. And that's there are not many human beings on this earth who you can say that about. And this is my favorite one of my favorite stories about her. Just business-wise, how smart she is, is in the early 70s, she had an offer from Elvis to record one of her songs. And obviously, at that point, he had made his comeback. So for him to record it would have been a very big deal. But part of that deal is he wanted 50% of the publishing. So she said no. Then a couple decades later, they're making a movie called The Bodyguard. And Whitney Houston records a cover of that same song with 0% of the publishing. And it becomes an even bigger hit than it was for her. Of course, we're talking about I Will Always Love You. Yeah. And she makes so much money. I mean, the amount of money she's made off of that song is insane. But it came out of like her. She's willing to bet on herself like everywhere. She was willing to bet on herself. And that's just that she's just an admirable person, which makes enjoying her music all the better. Yeah. She knows she's sublimely talented. And is unapologetic about it and is fully willing to use her talents for good and make a hell of a lot of money off of it. And then give away a good percentage of that money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think she's a genius, genius businesswoman and so inspiring. Just everything, everything she does and thinks of is, well... It's just genius. Yeah. It's fantastic. Everything's a success and wonderful and all her business ideas and her songs. And like you mentioned, I think you just mentioned Mark giving back and her reading program for kids yeah. and the books that she sends to kids, just everything. It's amazing. Paying for college for students from her hometown. If you go to that mm-hmm. high school and you maintain a decent GPA, Dolly will pay for you to go to college. Like she takes care. She's from my hometown area. She's from East Tennessee, foothills of the Smokies. I'm from Knoxville, just on the other side of the city, mm-hmm. um, from where she grew up, but she really takes care of that area and now owns half of it. She's the Disney of East Tennessee. She's got Dollywood. She's got 
I don't. She did make one business. Uh, there was one business venture that is, uh, in retrospect, problematic, and I don't think still around anymore. Which is the Dixie Stampede. Which is, hey, what if medieval times was the Civil War? Which did not, you know, uh, did not last until this uh, particular moment in time for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. But she's done a million great things. She's in movies. She's uh, got her theme park. She's in all kinds of stuff. But primarily, and Dolly, I just actually watched a great interview with her in 1980 at the premiere of nine to five talking about being in a movie. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I like being in movies. That's fun. I'll be a star in those too. But I really, I, it, for me, it's more about being a, a singing star. <laughs> so that's wonderful. Yeah. So we'll give Dolly what she wants and we won't focus on her other many ventures that make her a saint, a currently living saint. Mm-hmm. And we'll focus strictly on her music for this particular episode. Speaking Sounds of which, good. Mark, mm-hmm. have you seen her live? Have you ever seen her perform live? I have concert? never seen Dolly live. Oh. I've been dying to see Dolly live. I've been to, I was a season pass holder to Dollywood for five years of my life as a kid and still never have managed to see her perform live. I've seen, you know, obviously concerts online and, you know, when she drops a new big show mm-hmm. that's been recorded, I'll watch it. But no, have you guys seen her live? Yes. Did y'all go to that bowl show? Yes, we went to saw, saw oh. Hollywood Bowl in what, like six years ago, five or six years I think ago. So, yes. Mm-hmm. What was it like seeing her? I, I know you're a very close friend of Carter Parton Rogers. I have two questions. I, I want to know what it was like to see her live. And then before <laughs> we dive into the songbook and start picking maybe some of our favorites, I'm curious what inspired the Parton part of that. You know, there could have been a lot of middle names that Carter gave herself. I'm curious why Parton, why it was so important to have Parton in there. Carter Parton Rogers is how I wish the world was. That was the whole birth of her. Yeah. It's so much fun to get to play that and express that and be the eternal optimist. And every time I perform, I think of the artist that inspired Carter, June Carter and Dolly Parton. And I go back and forth between Mr. Rogers and Kenny Rogers. So, (laughs) Oh my gosh. It never (laughs) dawned on me that Rogers would be based on Mr. Rogers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is absolutely perfect because I've never Mm -hmm. seen anybody watch a Carter Parton Rogers show that didn't end it with the smile of childlike wonder on their face at the end of that show. (laughs) So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's really, it's really Mr. Rogers. So I know the immediate thing people's in my, in their minds. And, you know, originally, initially my mind kind of went there too of like, Oh, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's more Mr. Fred Rogers. Great. (laughs) So June Carter, Dolly Parton and Fred Rogers is kind of the inspiration for her name. Yeah. And then the eternal optimist for her being. (laughs) I love that. And I realize that the show is about picking objective winners and not uh-huh. necessarily subjective favorites. But does Carter Parton Rogers have a favorite Dolly Parton song? I would say that we will agree on that, Carter and I. <laughs> oh, you uh, you agree on your favorite Dolly Parton song? Yeah. They have a lot in common. <laughs> it's wild, they have isn't it? So much in common. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> they share clothing. Do I say it now? We do. We do. We share clothes. Let's, let's, uh, we share an office. Do I say her favorite now? Well, Uh, I mean, how do you do this, Mark? I don't know. We can take a look. We can, I've, uh, I've, I've got a few that I've, uh, put in the chat over here just from Mm -hmm. whittling down some songs to some of my personal favorites. Mm -hmm. There's a few obscure ones on the list and some obvious classics on there, but I think we could, um, I don't know. We can throw out some of our favorites. We can start early in her career and just kind of work our way through some of the big songs. We can start chronologically with Dolly, work our way forward, if that seems to be a structure that works. I don't want to get too tight on a thing here. I kind of like just tossing out stuff that we like. I think okay. it's a good sort of celebration of who she is. Jennifer, how do you feel about that? Sounds great to me. Is it weird when I say Jennifer to you? Like it, like it's formal, like we're not married and we don't share... <laughs> We don't go to sleep right next to one another. It's very formal. It's very formal. And I, I have to keep reminding myself who I'm talking to. Yeah. Don't you forget who you're talking to, Jennifer. Yeah. That's I Mr. Hal Loveland. So Do you know weird. who I am? There Do you know who he no? is married to? Do you know who my <laughs> wife is? It's so weird. I, there's like six of us here. There's Hal. There's my husband. There's me. There's Carter. There's Mark. 
And it. And there's Ken, but he's not on the chat Ken, right now. Sorry, so, Ken. But periodically a Darth Vader will Ken, say something to us. <laughs> so I keep, wait, wait, who am I talking as now? Because I keep going way more. I mean, I grew up in the South and am Southern, but I do notice when I talk about Southern things, the South comes out a little more in my voice. That drawl comes out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. so inching toward Carter. Uh, inching toward Carter. Well, there's your autobiography. <laughs> yeah, that's the book. That's a great title. <laughs> I want to start with the most recent Dolly Parton song. And I think that uh, the most recent big Dolly single that I know about, I don't know that it's necessarily her best song, but I think it came along at a perfect time. And that is, that's the song When Life is Good Again. Mm. And that was Dolly's answer. This song came out in May of 2020. Now, I don't know if you remember collectively where we all were in may of 2020 (laughs) at home but it rhymes with schmockdown oh sure so dolly came out with this song when we were all on lockdown and she's so good at looking at the world seeing the joy and the love that the world needs in any moment and trying to provide it and in this moment what the world needed was catharsis and praise for our essential workers and all of those things from the beginning of the pandemic, that sort of reaching for camaraderie that we were all doing at that point in time. And I think Dolly nailed it better than anyone else with this one simple song that she wrote really fast because she's Dolly and she writes fast. And then this beautiful music video that is home footage of people having a good time projected over essential workers wearing masks. And it is, I forgot, I remember, I thought about that song today. I went, I want to hear that song again. And I just bawled listening to it because that's what Dolly does. She reaches in and she grabs you where you need to get grabbed and she squeezes. Are you sure you think that was a better pandemic song than all those celebrities covering Imagine? Ooh, I mean, that that one was also pretty good. We're going to have to do best pandemic song because it's Dolly, it's Imagine, and I think it's uh, Low-Key F2020, that song that came out, I believe, (laughs) on TikTok first. (laughs) But yeah, her pandemic song, I think, you know, I think that it's just a, it's it's Dolly, it's a perfect Dolly Parton moment. It's not her best song, but it's a perfect Dolly moment of her going, what do we need, y'all? And then giving it to everybody. I'm embarrassed that I haven't heard that song, but I, it does make me think of something, which is that Dolly as a songwriter, how her evolution went, it's almost like the opposite. Like some people start off with bops and then they move mm-hmm. to like the more personal storytelling stuff, but mm-hmm. she came around a little before like the Bobby Gentry storytell, like that Bobby Gentry single is, is basically the, an entire just story over the same guitar riff over and over again. Yeah. But she started and her lineage is of like the storytelling of the mountains. They're mountain people. They tell stories to one another through song. Mm-hmm. So she carried that through. Then we get into like the seventies and she starts doing like two doors down and we're getting like a little more energy, but I, I'm going to throw one out right now that mm-hmm. is a later one. That you okay. might have, uh, that you, I think you do have on your list. Mm-hmm. Just to get this warmed up from 1989's White Limousine, which is why'd you come <laughs> in here looking like that? With your high heeled boots and your painted on jeans, all dressed up like a cowgirl's dream. Oh, Dolly, that song is so good. <laughs> we did see it perform live. I just love the energy of it. Like it captures mm-hmm. fun Dolly. This is like yeah. talk show era. Did she ever talk show around this time? I, she might have. She had that. Well, did she have a real talk show or did she just yeah. have the movie about a talk show? Straight no, talk. <laughs> she did have straight talk, but she knows she actually had her own talk show called Dolly. Oh, my God. I love her. <laughs> the music video for Why'd You Come In Here Looking Like That? Also amazing. It's Dolly holding auditions for whoever is going to be her new Kenny Rogers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's just a bunch of dudes parading across the stage and Dolly catcalling them. And it is <laughs> a delight. <laughs> Whistling, yelling things. Oh, yeah. That's what I love so much about her. She's just always so much fun. Yeah. And she makes mm-hmm. everything so much fun and makes everyone feel so loved and supported and yeah. just like we're just here gonna have fun and love each other y'all yeah and she's so good at it mm-hmm. yeah that song's she's a little great. poppy too it's got that sort of like yeah late 80s early 90s we're country but we're clearly and going in a pop direction yes jen you want to throw one out there well yes 
I I mean, the thing that just constantly is on my mind is Tennessee Mountain Home. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, 1973's Tennessee Mountain Home. It paints such an incredible picture. As soon as I hear the song, it feels like I'm there. Like it just yeah. puts you there. And all the feelings, all the scenery, all the emotions, everything. So it's either a comfort. I either end up feeling, well, always very comforted, but also very emotional. Like I usually end up some tears with that one. Yeah. Do you have <laughs> Early- is there a specific point in the song that gets you? Is there a lyric? Is there a... Yeah. Is it that straight up acapella at the beginning from then on she's got you? Or? From then on. From the beginning on. Yeah. And the parts about being on the porch. Yeah, the very beginning, yeah. sitting on the front porch on the Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. There, that, yeah. and just imagining all of the picture that she's painting. Yeah. Just that, the simplicity and the ease of it all really makes me miss home. I think it's and it's one of those songs, too, because I think people thought about Tennessee as being Nashville as far as music Mm -hmm. goes, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. Dolly comes over from the mountains. This hillbilly comes over and this is pretty early in her career. She's you know, she dumb blonde was 66 and this is only 1973 at this point. So she's still introducing the world Mm -hmm. to this east tennessee which of course i mean i have an affinity for i love the smoky mountains it mm-hmm. yeah it reminds me so much of home same here that's the mountains i knew or the mm-hmm. what she describes in that like you said just more being actually in the mountains uh, away from a lot of the population in these small teeny tiny mountain towns where you do hang out with your grandparents and sit on the porch and watch the creek running by and yeah it's just oh, I love it. uh, amazing and she paint. It's just so perfect. It could be nineteen sixty, or it could be nineteen seventy three. It could be eighteen seventy three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it could mm-hmm. be twenty twenty three. It could That's be true. any of those. Like, it's the storytelling in it is brilliant. The way it starts off personal and builds and grows is not only like just great songwriting and arrangement, but it also feels like a community's building around that idea. So it, it starts out, it's her Tennessee Mountain Home, then it's all these people. like it, And all these different parts of harmony are great. Jennifer and I were talking about this briefly. Mm-hmm. We were just briefly talking about that song, and we both got misty, like just just the mention of it, because it does what any great song does, right? It, it draws emotion out of you. Like, I didn't grow up going to the mountains, but yeah. I can picture it. I can picture it as clear, like I have my own version of it. And it's immediate and it's strong and emotional and you're just like sort of tied to the song. Like it has to be a finalist, I think. Sure. Well, it's and it's because it's so specific to who she is. It's funny that you mention, you know, you say I didn't grow up in the Tennessee mountains, but I can really dive in with this song and understand a story that isn't mine. Dolly wrote so many songs that were stories that weren't hers that she couldn't necessarily identify with. But this was one that was, this is absolutely who she is, where she's from. Mm-hmm. Not that all of her songs don't come from a personal place, but this really is just painting an image of her, of where, yeah, of who she is and where she came from. Yeah. I had quickly looked to make sure I said the lyric correctly the line from the song correctly, but Mark, to answer your question about mm-hmm. what's one of my absolute favorite lines. And it's the verse about crickets or the line about crickets, the crickets sing in the fields nearby that just that crickets sound in the fields nearby. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just that sound <laughs> on a porch in the mountains with that cool mountain air and the yeah. trees rustling and the crickets and the nights coming like, it's just the best feeling in the world. Listen to the crickets. Look at the fireflies. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a Tennessee yes. mountain evening right there. Mm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right, let's do one more round. Then we'll take a quick break. Cause uh, well, you, we'll, I, did you throw one out? You didn't throw one out. Did you Mark? I did. I started with that 2020. Uh, oh, that's right. You again. did. With, yeah. I, I just, I just couldn't stop thinking about imagine because it was so powerful. No, I get that. I, I totally understand. Gal, we'll do best Gal Gadot song next time, though. That's fair. There's a lot to pick from. Another edge of the great Israeli songbook. Why don't we take a break now so we're not okay. rushing through another round. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk more about one of the greatest American or worldwide songwriters of all time. And while you're waiting, 
for us to return. You can hear about some of the other great shows on the Max Fun Network. And also, maybe if you're lucky, hear from some of the companies and fine products that help make our show available to you each week. We'll be right back. This episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal is brought to you in part by Trade Coffee. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, Mark, and it's crazy to me that so many people enjoy the finer things in life. Like we have things that we set aside where it's important that they're really good and that we enjoy them and they're high quality. But some of those same people will settle for blah things in other areas of their life, specifically coffee. Like I just get my coffee every day. You deserve better than that. And with trade coffee, you can start every morning with something special. Yeah. I don't understand this, How? Why are people drinking bad coffee when there is a we got this collection of coffees at Trade Coffee? That's right. Start your subscription with we got this coffee. That's what I love about Trade Coffee is I'm always trying a new variety. They have 450 different exceptional coffees. Personally, I happen to love Joe, which just came through this last week. It's got sort of a caramel nutty thing going on, and they're straight out of Brooklyn, which I love. But there's always something new. There's always something cool coming through, and you just tell them what you like, and they will come back with great coffees based on your personal profile, your personal choices, even down to what kind of grind you like for it. Their team helped Hal and I come up with this custom collection of our coffees that we think you would love. But don't just stick to that. Get whatever you like. Tell them what you want and they will make sure that you get a coffee that is just right for you. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take their coffee quiz and get expertly matched with coffees you'll love, or you can just go to the We Got This Collection. There are 93 different coffees for you to check out and you can find the one that is right for you you've got nothing to lose too because trade guarantees you will love your first bag and if not they'll work with you to replace it for free so if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home it's time to try trade coffee right now trade is offering our listeners a total of 30 dollars off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash we got this that's drinktrade.com slash we got this for $30 off of your subscription to the best coffees in the country. You know what? I'm going to go make a cup right now. Actually, no, we have a show to finish. I'm going to make one after the show. Thank you, Trade Coffee, for supporting We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We are the hosts of Fanti, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive question mark Uh aspects of gentrification we get into that too every single thursday you can check us out at maximumfun.org listen you know you want it honey so come on and get it (laughs) period oh my gosh hi i'm dave holmes host of the pop culture trivia podcast troubled waters on troubled waters we play games like motivational speeches it goes a little like this riley give us an improvised motivational speech why people should listen and subscribe to Troubled Waters. I look around this ad and I see a lot of potential to listen to comedians such as Jackie Johnson and Josh Gondelman and they need you to get out there and listen to them attempt to figure out sound rebus clues or determine if something is a Game of Thrones character or a city in Wales. I have chills. I'm going to give you 15 points. All that and so much more on Troubled Waters. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. All right, we're back. Let's talk more Dolly. Mark, what do you got? I love me some Dolly. I don't know if I want to start bringing up some of the real heavy hitters because I think there's a couple in here that Mm -hmm. are really going to blow up. But before we – I'm not going to throw one of those. I'm going to throw one of those that might not make it up onto the podium. But another one that I have a a real soft spot for because you know how much I love me some Christmas. You Mm -hmm. know how much I love me some Dolly Parton. By the way, Dollywood at Christmas time, one million lights. That's their big thing is they do a million Christmas lights. Mm. Very excited. It's always beautiful there. But, uh, of course, 1982's Hard Candy Christmas. Now, I don't think this will wind up a winner because it's not written by Dolly Parton. It's from Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. But Dolly Parton yeah. made that song famous. And it's. I think it's just a beautiful song. I think it's 
It's Dolly sweetly singing a, it's not really a Christmas song. It just mentions Christmas in the song. Well, you're really talking yourself out of this one, aren't you? No, I just wanted Dolly Parton song, but she didn't write it. And it's, no, I love Christmas, but it's not about Christmas. I'm pointing out, I'm pointing <laughs> out why I don't think it will win, but I do want to give, but I, it is a personal favorite of mine. I think the melody is beautiful. I think the sentiment behind it is beautiful. And I think with a voice like Dolly Parton giving an imprimatur to, to it, I think it's worth mentioning. Is this on your, Christmas playlist every year. It is on my Christmas playlist every year. It's also a great Christmas karaoke song. Oh, mm. fun. Yeah. It's a really good karaoke tune for Christmas time because not a lot of people know it. So you're not going to get a bunch of say. people singing along. You're yeah. like, <laughs> you finally get the spotlight yeah. to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> What's your memory, Mark, for this being your favorite? Favorite. When did it start? Your favorite Christmas song or one of your favorites? It's not really. It, yeah, it's, it, I we've we've discussed our favorite Christmas songs uh, to much chagrin on this show. I think that it's just one of those that years ago it came up on the radio. And because I hadn't seen Best Little Whore, I saw I heard this song before I heard Best Little Whore House in Texas. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those. It's smooth and gentle and heartbreaking and the melody of it when sung by Dolly with those long legato notes that are real high in the chorus. I think it just fits her voice beautifully. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great song. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. What you got? Me? Sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. This is completely is this completely throwing it off? Like I keep thinking of the question you asked me at the very beginning, Mark, mm-hmm. about my introduction to Dolly and how I knew about her and what I loved about her from childhood. I keep thinking about you saying that you grew up so close to where she's from. What is your memory of Dolly and growing up so close to where she is from? What was that like? She just looms large over the whole mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. Because she is a global icon, um, mm-hmm. in the same way that Elvis looms over Memphis. I think even more so Dolly, she's had more longevity. She's, you know, she's the queen. She's so to have been raised there where half of the local commercials are for Dollywood. Mm-hmm. And then we had one, there was one commercial that ran for a long time. This might be my personal favorite Dolly Parton song. There's a song for you in Tennessee. It was the local, like, tourism board. Yeah. Tennessee, we're playing your song. So that jingle Aww. might be my favorite Dolly tune. There it is. Oh, yeah. that's so fun. Right? I love yeah. a jingle by, by Dolly. Yeah. That is really neat. That would have been cool to see growing up, like, a lot of, like, local commercials and yeah. things featuring her. It, well, it's because it's East Tennessee. We yeah. don't have a lot of huge stars that mm-hmm. come out of East Tennessee. To ha- so to have the hugest star, exactly, you know, yeah. was really was really cool. That is very cool. Yeah. But what's your next song? Coat of Many Colors. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Early, early Dolly, nineteen seventy-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you love this song? This one actually reminds me of my mom and growing up so it's also another very emotional song for me yeah because my mother when my sister and i were little she made most of our clothes so really? it just always makes me think of that and knowing what that feels like to have your mom make your clothes for you so yeah. yes, when we were little, she makes shorts and tops and dresses. Definitely our very younger years. My sister and I are three years apart and like our Easter dresses would match. And I love that. Fun things like that. So my mom is a really talented seamstress and could make anything. She made my first prom dress with my grandmother. So just no kidding. Yeah. It was this beautiful royal blue, had sequins, was full length gown and really beautiful with these like, uh, fabric, uh, chiffon like shawl thing that went over the shoulders. It's very pretty <laughs> and unique. No one, you knew no one else was going to be wearing that dress. That's true. That's yeah. very true. So it just remind again, I think the connection of reminding me of home and family and, that yeah. love that that love for when a family member makes something for you, whatever it is, whether it's a piece of clothing or 
uh, uh, bakes you some food or cooks a meal or takes you on an adventure and creates some fun, like making that to help you to feel special. Yeah. And then the power of that feeling confident and special in just who you are and being proud of what you have and wearing it with no matter what it is, wearing that, wearing who you are and being fully who you are. That's what the coat, I mean, I know she sings about that in the song, but what it represents, like even if the, you know, the kids will make fun or things like that, but ultimately it's, there's so much power in just really being who you are. I love that. And I love this song. I think this Mm -hmm. song does a great job of the same thing that Tennessee Mountain Home does, but with an additional element of a really touching and obviously true story. Mm-hmm. You know, she's talked about this story before. She made a movie out of this song. Mm-hmm. Yep. We I watched have, it. I have the Christmas tree ornament of this song. The, oh. my, my, I have my Dolly Parton coat of many colors that goes on my Christmas tree every year. Oh. Yeah. It's, it, oh gosh. I get this song rips me apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is like the perfect storytelling Dolly song. Mm-hmm. It's personal. There's a lesson to it. Yeah. Like it's almost uh, like a biblical tale. It's like a, it's almost a fable, except that it's born into something real. Like the very mm-hmm. end of it, one is only poor only if they, or one is only poor if they choose to be. We had no money, but I was rich as I could be because she had the coat that her mother made just for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm getting emotional talking about it. It's really like that's the power of great storytelling yeah. and the power of that specific song is like there is a, perseverance to Dolly Parton. But more than that, because you would think with something like this, that it came from suffering that she suffered because they, all they had was a bucket of rags that got turned into a coat. But like, no, this is the good stuff. This is more important than anything else. I'm rich because I have ultimately, this is like the love of my mother that I get to wear with me. And it's special, just like your prom dress, Jennifer, that's special made just for you. You're the only one that has it. And that's like the real definition of wealth, nothing mm-hmm. material, but really what, what that represents spiritually and emotionally. So it's a great, like, just, a, it, it's a perfect song. It is the perfect song. Yeah. It's pretty perfect. I would put this up there as a finalist. Definitely. hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Yeah. I have another song that may be perfect. Oh, oh yeah. Let me paint a picture for you. Okay. <laughs> You're down in the dumps. You just got out of a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. You've been crying all these tears. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? There's a party going on two doors down where you can forget about, about all that, where you're reveling with friends. And that's, that's a place where you're leaving all those things behind. This is from two doors down from 1977, the year I was born. It's like fun. Now we're in like the fun country dolly. But it's still like, again, it's like an anthem of empowerment. Two doors down, they're laughing, drinking, having a party. Oh, it's from the, I thought, a, I thought two doors down was, oh, I, I don't know this song. This is the one that she oh, wrote yeah. in the hotel, right? About yes. the kids two doors down. Yes. I'm feeling everything but sorry. We're having our own party two doors down. I'll dry these useless tears and get myself together. I think I'll wander down the hall and have a look around because you hear like, oh, there's joy happening somewhere. I can be there. And I can leave all this behind. I don't know the song, but I love the sentiment. And now oh. I have a new Dolly song to listen to. You, if you heard it, you hear that two doors down. Like that's, oh. that's, that's what this song is. Who, who, who? Yeah. Yes. Who, who, who? Yeah. It's a, it's like a definite, like we're out of the coat of many colors. This is only three years, I think, after yeah. my Tennessee mountain home. And now we're into like the, I'm making upbeat songs that still tell like every one of these. If you go back and look at the lyrics of every song we talk about and almost any song she wrote, there is a story, like a very clear story. Yeah. And it's, there's always like a positive spin, like she finds the positive in it. And this is another one of like empowerment. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. Maybe I'll go down there and, and be in a place where I don't have to think about this. She's so good at strong and strong in the face of adversity. Going back to, I mean, uh, dumb blonde in 66. Mm-hmm. Uh, this dumb blonde is nobody's fool. 68, just because I'm a woman comes out, uh, which is a early, early anthem of empowerment. 
you know, she's got, you know, here you come again and there I go. You know, she's always got this strength to her. And I think one of her strongest moments, you mentioned that this song came in 77, just a couple of years after Code of Many Colors. But I think it markedly came after 1974 when one of her biggest and most empowered moments happened. And this is going to be my next one that I throw out there was when she branched out on her own and became a solo artist in her own right by leaving Porter Wagner behind in 1974. And the way she left him behind was with a song that she wrote for him that we talked about at the very beginning of this. And that is, I will always love you. This song was a hit in 1974. It was a hit again in 1982 because they put it on the soundtrack for best little whorehouse in Texas. And then it was a hit again in 92 when Whitney Houston did it, but it all began as her trying to, gently break off her relationship with Porter Wagner with kindness and grace and love. And it is the simplest of sentiments, the strongest of sentiments executed with the purest of grace. There's no fat on this song. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You put it beautifully. And that is every point you just shared is why I also admire that that song in particular so Mm -hmm. much is the story behind it. Like you just mentioned, it's such a beautiful example of a life lesson and relationships. Yeah. What a beautiful tribute and way to peacefully move on from something or from someone in such a graceful, beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a graceful is a perfect word for that song. That song is uh if you are in a relationship that needs to end amicably, that mm-hmm. song is pure grace. Yes. Yes. Isn't the legend, Jennifer, we I feel like we saw this either at the Country Music Hall of Fame or at the Dolly exhibit specifically. Well, isn't there like some story that she went into his office and sang the song for him mm-hmm. instead of saying anything? So. And then he like, he like burst into tears. Yep. I think so. That sounds right. Story made famous on drunk history. Oh, did you tell that story? I did not tell that story. I think who told that story. Was it Benny? I think that was one Benny. I don't remember who told that story. (laughs) Oh my God. Benny came to the other side of the reenactments for that one. (gasps) I'll have to look up and see who it was. Oh, that's great. Well, ha- can we watch it? It's a great it? story. We'll have I'm to sure watch it after yeah. how. Yeah. Oh, that's... yeah. We should check it out. But yeah, I think that song is a great one just for its many iterations too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that one's got to go up there on near the top. Uh, any, are there any other? I think there's a couple that we're, that we're waiting to get to that, uh, that we haven't mentioned. Are we, have we all thrown out some favorites, uh, before we jump to a couple of the really big guns? Yes. Or the Jennifer, last, I guess the last of the really big guns. Yeah. You no, two, gun? There's two more. Jennifer stored up that you want to throw out there or, or a song, any song. I have a feeling like one of the songs you might throw out would be one of the ones, one of the big ones. Well, it is one of the big ones. Go for it, it then, please. <laughs> Cause we know we're going to get there. We know we're going to get there. It's bringing back what we were clogging to earlier. Nine to five. Yeah. Yes. To nine to five. <laughs> Oh, that song is that song gets me out of bed in the morning. For a while, that song was my alarm clock. That's a great idea. And then you start with that bass line that goes in. And then the I'm sorry, what's the next instrument? A typewriter. Awesome. I guess that means I'm going to work now. Oh, now we're singing about it. <laughs> so great. Have you heard that? Do you remember that SNL sketch? It was tumble out of bed and a stumble to the kitchen. Tumble. It was just tumbling and stumbling places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is ridiculous. Jennifer, what do you love about the song? What is it that, uh, I mean, outside of it's great to clog to. Can't that be enough, Hal? <laughs> I mean, it's enough, but there, I know there's more. Yes, I love the energy, the story. It's so upbeat and it's fun, fun, fun. And you do just immediately start smiling and dancing when you hear that song. It makes you happy about everything. And what makes it even more special and spectacular is the movie and the story of the movie and Mm -hmm. 
Yep. The female empowerment and the message that they were sharing and how those women were strong and they took over and stood up for themselves. It all links together and, and is just so beautiful. Yeah. Did you ever see the musical? I didn't get to see the musical. No. She must have written 20 versions of that song for the musical. <laughs> wow. By the end of the, but you're looking in the playbill, you're like, oh, good. Nine to five, reprise four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great about that song? Like everything you said, Jennifer, is 100% true. And there's this like smiling, happy feeling to it. Like she, she discovered the rhythm by playing with her acrylic nails behind, like just waiting to shoot. And then realize like, oh, this sounds like a typewriter. Okay, I'm going to create a song. And then she goes and writes this incredible song that's not only like catchy, not only is great to clog to, not only like makes you smile to listen to it, but is probably like one of the best workers write songs. Yeah. Written in the last 50 years. They're not terribly happy lyrics. No, they just use your mind and they never give you credit. It's enough to drive you crazy if you let it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. There's a reason it's an anthem. You got to mm-hmm. have good lyrics that make a point and the song be a banger. And I think, mm-hmm. and this is uh not to squeeze another one in there, but this is her best use of sound effects in the form of a typewriter since 1978's disco tune, Baby I'm Burning, where she played lasers every time she said the word pistol. <laughs> this is a better version of that. <laughs> Just wanted to squeeze Baby I'm Burning in there because we need it's- to throw some Dolly Disco. Of course. It's an anthem, though. It's an anthem. It is an anthem. Nine to five is an absolute anthem. Um, Is it my, do it? Should I throw out the last one? Yeah. This is the last big one. This is Dolly, the storyteller at her best. The reason why is because she's telling a story. You would think it was something that happened with her. She's been married, by the way, since she was 20 years old. She got married in 1966, has been married to the same guy ever since. And, they went Which is amazing that she understands love and relationships and heartbreak as much as she does. Yes. They go to the bank together and she notices the banker flirting and thinks like, oh, what if I was afraid that this banker was going to steal my husband from me? So I'm going to write a song that is not – that is like like the opposite of the Bechdel test in that we don't <laughs> mention the guy at all. Yeah. I'm talking to you, Jolene. Please don't take my man. You have all the power. You have the power and the agency, and I'm asking you not to do this terrible thing. And it's beautiful and haunting, and it works sped up or slowed down. That minor key sound makes gives it that little haunt to it. It's so good. Yeah. And again, it empowers women. I do love Jolene, too. It's a very strong song. That's what it feels like to me. It's very strong. Yeah. What, what makes it a strong song? Because I'm curious, because I always thought it, like, I thought it was so heartbreaking, and it seems to me like she has no agency in this. It seems like Jolene is strong, but the narrator of the song, what makes her strong? Sharing her thoughts, like speaking Uh, out loud yeah, and speaking up for what she's thinking and feeling. To put that, yeah, to put those words out loud is, yeah. To say it, to say it, to say that out loud. Damn. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, she wrote this song on the greatest day in songwriting history, I think, which was the same day that she wrote I Will Always Love You, which is what? crazy that she wrote those two songs on the same day. On the wow. same day? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. One of them, she just sneezed and the lyrics came out on the paper. It's amazing. Yeah. That's how good she was. All right. We have our finalists, right? Is there anything else that anybody wants to throw out as a uh, finalist? I don't know. There's some great ones. I just want to give a shout out to two of my other, three of my other favorite songs. Joshua from 1970, which sounds like it was written by Johnny Cash, but performed by Dolly Parton because it's got that sort of thing where you're telling a story and you just do this for the verses and then the chorus hits. Like it's one of those songs that I love. And then I think two, she's got two metaphor songs that are perfect. Love is like a butterfly in the bargain store. The bargain store is one of those songs that it's just so dang clever. And it's, it's also heartbreaking and beautiful. And, uh, yeah. And I think that's, that's all the ones I want to mention. Anybody else have any that they want to throw out there? But it sounds like we've got our finalists. I think so. I think so. Which are Jolene, I will always love you, Tennessee Mountain Home, and nine to five and coat of many colors. So do we want to start eliminating? How do you want to do it? I'm going to write these out. Jolene, 
I will always love you. My you probably Tennessee cut this part. Mountain. Oh no, people love this. And then what was the fourth one? <laughs> straight talk? No, not straight talk. We had nine to five. Nine to five. And coat of many colors. And coat of many colors. And then how figure out how we need to do this round robin. We do round robin elimination stuff. Yeah. Jennifer, you start. So here's what we're gonna do. Okay. We're going to take turns eliminating one song. We're going to remove one song and leave more contenders behind. This is not to say this song is not good. We love all of these songs. We've and already many determined they're make great. It. Yeah. Yes, these five have just made it to the finals. Okay. And, and you're going to pick one to remove from the list. So it'll leave us with four finalists. Okay. We'll pick one to remove. Mm-hmm. And tell us maybe why you chose to remove it. Okay. And not in a negative way. Don't worry. Like, I, I know I can see the stress starting to build up. Yeah. This is not, Dolly will not be insulted. It'll just be like, it could be like, I think there are songs that I connect to better. Like what are, you know, songs that connect with an audience better. Mm-hmm. We're, okay. we're, we're, we're doing a service to the people of the world. We, and we're okay. not, yeah, we're not eliminating these songs from being great. Yes. Okay. It does. Okay. I realize that it does feel a bit like that moment at the end of a negotiation on Pawn Stars when Rick has been standing there going, this is the greatest artifact I've ever seen. And then it's time for them to negotiate. And he goes, well, it's got a little scratch right here. Yeah. Two dollars. Yeah. That's what I can do. <laughs> but so, uh, please, uh, but to, can you recap how what our songs are? Yes, we have Jolene. I will always love you. My Tennessee Mountain Home, nine to five and coat of many colors. Jennifer. Who is the first finalist to leave the finalist ring? Jolene is going to leave the finalist ring. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very good. Why why, uh, why, Jolene? Because I love some of the other ones even more. Perfectly valid reason. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fine reason. Yep. It's, this is rarefied air. So they're all, they're all top. I don't, I, exactly. Can I, can I piggyback off of that, Jennifer? Sure. This is one of the few, so this is a complete fabrication. And there are other ones here that are maybe a little bit more true. So mm-hmm. even though this is a beautiful story told beautifully, there are more truthful stories that remain. And that probably gives them the edge. Oh, is that fair to say? That's a very good point. <laughs> okay, good. Hal, you Mark, next? No, you go ahead, Mark. There are four left. Which are? Uh, the four that are left are I Will Always Love You, My Tennessee Mountain Home, Nine to five and coat of many colors. This is tough because they're all bangers. They are. I am going to and look as a person who spent much time in his well Tennessee Valley home, but uh, we went up to the mountains a lot, and I mm. love the painting that she creates with that song. But I think there is more story to be told. It's a beautiful painting. But I think of the list that we have left, I do not think it is number one because it is more of a painting than a story. Oh, okay. All right. My Tennessee Mountain Home is gone. That means it's my turn. I will take us down to two. So the three that are remaining right now are I Will Always Love You, Nine to Five, and Coat of Many Colors. This is very difficult. And here I'll tell you why I'm eliminating this song. The, the creation of it is a fantastic story. And everything about the song is great. I believe, I would contend, the reason why I'm removing this is that the most successful version of this story, of this song, was recorded by somebody else. I think anybody mm. who was born in the mid-80s or later only knows this song, would be surprised to learn that Dolly Parton was the one who wrote it, because they would assume it was written specifically for Whitney Houston. It was not. It was a very, very personal song that has become an anthem of hers. And to hear her perform it is great. But I'm going to eliminate – for that reason, I'm going to eliminate I Will Always Love You because I feel like there are two versions. I know the 82 Mm -hmm. version is there as well, but it's really – we're between the 74 and the 92 version. And I think because there are two different versions of it, that is a a reason why it is a great song. But I, I want something that's more signature Dolly. And for that reason, I'm going to eliminate that. So now we are down to two. Jennifer, as we do to all of our guests, you're being tortured by having to make the final elimination and determine our winner. It is between nine to five and coat of many colors. But let me put you at ease. Whatever your decision is, is a decision that all three of us have made. 
Yes. And we have your back 100%. Okay. Okay. So do I say the winner or the elimination? It's a full sentence that uses both. Uh, And may I ask you a question first? Yes. Is one of these two songs Carter's favorite? And by extension, your favorite? Because you mentioned, you never told us at the beginning. There was a song that you shared that was a favorite. Is it one of these two songs? No, it got eliminated. Oh, no. Was it My Tennessee Mountain Home? Yes. Oh, man, it ruined everything. I didn't know if we were supposed to react when eliminations happen. (laughs) Is that why you've been crying silently all this time? I was like, are we allowed to cry? Oh, no. (laughs) I'm just, Mark, I'm kidding. My elimination has made our guest cry. (laughs) Mark, Mark, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. Please, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I swear I'm kidding. Just crying right now, I can tell. I am not crying. It was hard to sit on my hands and not say anything. And not give me the, it was hard to sit on your middle fingers, <laughs> knowing full well that I can see you on the Zoom. Oh, I was like, oh. <laughs> just out of frame. <laughs> Double guns, just yeah. out of frame. Double guns. It's a, it's a bird show. Jennifer. It's a bird show. It's oh, by the show. way, Two you birds. want the best. You want the best bird show in the world is at yes. Eagle Mountain Sanctuary in Dollywood. <laughs> oh, anyway, that sounds amazing. Eight parrots with bouffants. <laughs> I love it. Let's go. All right, Jennifer. Nine to five, coat of many colors. Only one of them can be the best Dolly Parton song of them all. Which one is it, and why? I love you, nine to five. However, Coat of Many Colors has to win the day. Absolutely. Because of all of the reasons that we all shared and what this song means to us. And I imagine that what it means to us, uh, everyone out in the world has a similar feeling and thinking about the song and their own personal connection and version of this song in a way. They're, the reason they're connected to the song. So it just... It almost fits. Well, it does. It fits every anybody's life and the things that we struggle with growing up and in life and remembering we're loved. And just those are some of the reasons I'm blushing now because I'm stumbling over my words. But Code of Many Colors wins. Amen. Amen. People of the world, I don't need to bring us home. You just heard all the reasons why it won. That's it. You have something in your life. I guarantee you that somebody very special to you gave to you that cost nothing but meant everything and maybe helped you realize in that moment that it wasn't about anything else you had or didn't have. It's, it was about having this and what that represented that is true wealth. And Jennifer said it perfectly. And that is why Coat of Many Colors is the greatest song from one of the greatest songwriters in history asked and answered. Jennifer, thank you for being on the show today. This was a delight. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank y'all. I had a wonderful time. This was a lot of fun and a really enjoyable conversation. Where would you like people to go to follow you? You know, you're creating content out there and you have a library of content that's out there available. (laughs) Where would you like people to go to see the stuff that you're doing? Yes. Thank you, Hal and Mark. I'm laughing because I won't give you the broken website links. I will give you the things that work. (laughs) That was plural. You have more than one broken website? (laughs) I need to update some things. Um, (laughs) But we're, we're getting there and we're moving toward that. So next time I'm on the show, I'll have lots of websites to share. But the place is for sure at Jennifer Marie Kelly with an E-Y, K-E-L-L-E-Y on Instagram or TikTok. And then if you go to those sites, it'll lead you to Carter Parton Rogers and links to her. Can I say something real quick? Would that yes. be okay? Uh, you posted a video recently on Instagram about the struggle that you have with what you pledge to do. And then sort of the voice in your head that's taking a crap all over that. And yes. it's, I encourage everyone to go watch that video. And here's why. This is what my wife shares with Dolly Parton is tapping into something that we all identify with, because when you see it, you will immediately go like, oh, I have my own version of that voice where I'm trying to do my best 
And there's this doubter that lives somewhere in my head that's telling me I can't do it. So watch that. You'll find the same thing with, with Carter stuff too, that there's something that you can identify with that kind of puts you in it. And I think that's a really admirable skill, something that, that really blows me away. Even after all these years, anytime you perform. Thank you, Hal. Thank you so much for saying that. What a wonderful thing to hear. So go check that out. And that's it. That's it for this topic. We have tackled one of the most difficult topics of all time. And we did it with Grace and with Jennifer and Marie and Kelly. The only person that we could do this topic with. (laughs) Jennifer Marie Kelly. Yes. And yes, this topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets or email us. Why don't you? We got this podcast at gmail.com or share your favorite Dolly stories and songs in our Facebook group. The friendliest place to argue on the Internet. Facebook.com slash group slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume. You can check out all the wonderful things he's doing and throw him some support yourself over at Patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Thank you to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world for giving us a chance to sit down with Jennifer Marie Kelly and talk about Dolly Parton. And look, I know that none of us here, we did not want this episode to end. But if we should stay, we would only be in your way. So we'll go. But we know we'll think of you every step of the way. And we, E.E., E.E. will always love you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. And for Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. Don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.